gentlemen. My name is Amy Nixon. Today is Monday, March 7th, and this is episode 99 of the Raw Prospect Podcast, one away from the big 100. And joining me as usual, as always, the stat king himself from Austin, Texas. What is up, Mr. Michael Ween? It is the end of an era here on the Raw Prospect Podcast, the last official double-digit episode, uh, an era consisting of episodes to 99, the next time that we record a podcast. Um, and we will talk a little bit about what episode 100 will look like here in a minute, but we'll be in the there will be no looking back after that. Um, so this is the last double-digit how far we've come but anyways for today's episode we got prospect of the week i want to talk a little bit about the premiere of winning time on hbo and then after that we are going to begin our nfl offseason blueprints where we go division by division team by team Spanning over a course of four episodes, we'll do two divisions each episode, and we'll go team by team and lay out uh, everything that you need to know for the offseason. And that will lead us into free agency, and it will also lead us in to the beginning of our draft coverage. Um, so we'll be on the lookout for all. Um, but first, we should start where we always start, and that is prospect of the week. All right. Um, I'll go ahead and get this one started. So um, for, I think it's the fourth ever prospect of the week uh, for the week of March the 7th, my prospect of the week is going to be Teron Armstead, right tackle from the New Orleans Saints. And the reason I chose him is because he is a name everyone will need to know going into this offseason. He will be the number one priority uh, among a lot of teams with cap space, a lot of teams that are needing a, a solid tackle option. Um, he's able to play both right tackle and left tackle. He's been borderline elite for a few years now outside of a few injury riddled seasons. And it is very rare for a tackle of his caliber to go on the open market. Um, and teams will not take that lightly. And you may never see a guy this good going be on the open market for a long time. So um, teams with the ability to throw him big money will do that. Um, and it should be very interesting to see where he ends up. Indeed. I had many candidates for my prospect of the week. I have an honorable mention and then a real prospect of the week. Um, my honorable mention, just, you know, thinking about the NFL Combine, I'm sure you saw it all over social media. Jordan Davis, dogs, I mean, 6'6", 341 pounds, runs a 4.78 unofficial 40-yard dash. Uh, I think his broad jump was like 10 feet three inches and his vertical jump was about 32 inches which is just insane for a guy that's just a freak athlete he ranks in like the 95th percentile or higher for all of those measurements and three is pretty insane for his position um so 
it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Um, I know the teams we're going to talk about today, the AFC West and the NFC um, West, a lot of these teams could use some interior defense about that a little later, uh, but he's definitely up there, going to be up there on uh, a number of teams' draft boards. I'm pretty sure after that combine. So uh, we want to call it that, but I went to the NBA. Um, I've been watching a lot of NBA lately more than I usually do. And I've gotten a chance to watch uh, this guy a couple times. And I've seen his highlights. Um, a guy I think should be in the conversation for most improved player award. I know we haven't talked a whole lot about that particular award. We talked about the. Uh, of the Portland Trailblazers. I'm not sure if you've known, but ever since uh, in a different direction at the trade deadline, trading C.J. McCollum, trading um, Norman Powell, stepped in, and since that time, in seven games, has averaged 26 points, 5.1 assists, shot 46% from the field, and 46 three and on the season he's averaging 17 points per game four assists shooting 45 percent from the field and over 40 percent from three um, he's increased his points per game average from last season by 9.5 points per game um, and he's improved in a lot of other categories as well um, I love watching him he's only 22 years old in his fourth year in the NBA still super young uh, and has a lot of Good talent. Um, definitely a building block that they can add to Damian Lillard when he gets back healthy uh, for this Portland Trailblazers team to look forward to in the future. Um, I think he's he's not talked about enough what he's been able to do since that time. Uh, he's kind of keeping the Trailblazers competitive um, since uh, more than I thought they would actually would be without Damian Lillard trading away CJ McCollum, trading away. Norman Powell. I think uh, Nurkic has been hurt some too. He's been the guy who's really been able to keep them afloat. So Anthony Simons, if you have not watched him next time a Portland Trailblazers game is on, I encourage you to get a peek. Anthony Simons. Uh, yeah. And, the guy and, that's shooting up. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, I thought I thought uh, you had stopped talking there. My bad. Um, but yeah, he's a guy who had shown – just peaks here and there of uh, extreme potential. And now that he's getting his opportunity um, is really taking advantage of it. And it's going to be interesting to see whether he wins that most improved player award, because he's making a really good case here, um, here post all-star break. Um, and there's obviously a lot of other candidates. Um, you have guys like Desmond Bain and John Morant, who will be, vying for the award as well. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up with that. But um, if you got nothing else to say, um, there is one thing I, I have to uh, promote um, before we start the segment, if you have nothing else. Well, I'm going to talk, I want to mention winning time, but you go ahead with what you were going to say and then I'll do oh, that. Right. And then um, we'll move to football. Okay. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to remind everyone that 
Um, this show is sponsored by our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash raw prospect podcast. We had just uploaded our first two Patreon podcasts. Um, so if you're interested in our um, bonus content, you want more sports talk from us um, over there, we're doing some great stuff. We've got um, a lot of stuff planned over there, um, possibly reaction videos, um, you know, and just po- a podcast where we just talk about anything and everything, even stuff outside of sports, music, uh, news that interests us. Um, so if you're interested in, um, in our content and supporting us, that uh, we would really appreciate that. So click the link in the description. Absolutely. And then we're also probably going to have, in addition to that, more bonus content just on our YouTube channel. Um, we're gonna pre- we're gonna debut our golf segment probably this week uh, with the Players Championship. So look out for that uh, probably tomorrow or Tuesday or Wednesday, right before the Players Championship begins. On I may not be doing uh, conference tournament a little video on conference tournaments, but if I don't, I'll definitely be doing resuming my Texas athletics mini series and i'll be previewing just the big 12 tournament on that so at the very least you'll get a big 12 tournament preview uh but other than that yeah we're going to be doing episode 100 uh here this weekend we're going to have a special guest noah on that so it's going to be some nba content for you guys uh so look on be on the lookout for that and then early next week we have our March Madness mega preview with our brackets. Uh, so that should be fun as well. Maybe we should open up like a bracket pool for our listeners or something like that. Bracket contest, something. We should just think about something like that. Uh, but anyways, on the lookout for all that, a bunch of new content coming for you guys. I'm not sure when the next Patreon episode will be. Uh, we have a lot on our plate right now, but it should be sooner rather than later. Uh, those have gone pretty well so far, I would say, uh, especially with some of the non-sports stuff that we brought in, in the last episode that I think you guys will enjoy. But I'm rambling now. I'll just cut to the chase before we get to football. Um, last night, and it's been sort of, I won't say all over social media, but if you into streaming shows or you've been on social media following the Lakers in particular in the NBA, you've probably seen or heard of the new 10 part. It's not a document. It's a documentary, but it's also a drama. So they call it a docudrama. It's a new 10 part docudrama on the rise of the Lakers dynasty of the eighties, or in other words, what they called the Showtime Lakers. And it's based off a book written by Jeff Perlman, famous author, sports author, uh, back uh, about seven, eight years ago in 2014, 2015 range, where he basically chronicled in one book, uh, and they've made it into a docudrama where they have different actors playing the different characters of that time period. It's going to be 10 episodes, one hour each. So yesterday was the pilot episode, the first episode. And I watched it. it was, and I just want to talk a little about it. Um, the first episode spotlights uh, Jerry Buss, 
uh, his decision. Jerry Buss has put John C. Riley, who's absolutely fantastic, does a great job. Uh, it's hilarious. Angels. I forget what year it actually was when he bought the team, uh, but his decision to buy the Lakers. And then it also chronicles a young Magic Johnson who's played by an unknown guy, Quincy Isaiah, uh, not really known in the acting world, has just entered into the world. Uh, we can talk about his background a different day. Really interesting guy. His decision, he plays Magic, his decision to enter the 1979 NBA draft after Michigan State defeats Indiana State and Larry Bird uh, in years national championship in college basketball. It, it, I found it to be really entertaining. I found it to be really funny. Uh, I don't remember who plays Jerry West, the coach of the Lakers at the time, uh, but he's, he's absolutely hilarious. Um, it's on HBO. I highly recommend it. That's got me hooked. Um, there were scenes, I would say, and I'm not a history buff. I don't know everything about the 80s Lakers. That's why I'm watching the show. But uh, there were scenes that I think were over-traumatized probably a little bit part of this. It's not a documentary. If you want a documentary on the 80s Lakers, there's already been those uh, with ESPN 30 for 30 on like the, the Lakers and in particular the Lakers rivalry. There's been other documentaries as well uh, that just talk primarily the basketball aspect of this. Uh, if you're interested in that, that's probably more for you. But this has got humor. It's funny. I think they do a great job with the casting. A big criticism of this project when it was announced uh, was, okay, it's a great idea to like showcase everything about and we can make it funny and all that, but how are you going to get a 6'9 black actor that knows how to play basketball? That can be Magic Johnson. How are you going to get a seven-footer to play Kareem and all this stuff? The, the, the casting was the big issue here when this project was announced, but I think they've done a great job with their casting choices. So I highly encourage you to watch it if you're into this type of stuff. It's not Last Dance, but it's a little different style. Uh, it, I found the first episode yesterday to be entertaining, funny, and I learned some new things. I did not know about Norm Nixon, the point guard at the time when they drafted Magic Johnson. Uh, I did not know, and I don't know if this is true, but I assume it to be true, that Jerry West actually wanted uh, Sidney, Sidney Moncrief instead of Magic Johnson in that draft. Um, I did not know all this. So I've learned some stuff. It was hilarious uh, and it was entertaining. I can't wait until the next episode. So yeah, hope you guys um, will check it I out. Actually, I actually just flew, it flew right over my head. Um, I, I, uh, Hamant, a, a former guest on the show, had actually talked to me about um, possibly watching it. Um, and I was like, oh, what is that? I hadn't heard about that. And he told me, and I was like, wow, yeah, that, sounds really interesting so um before the next episode i'll make sure to watch that and uh give some of my feedback as well um but with that uh, we're gonna get right into the meat of this episode we've got a lot to cover um so starting with the nfc west um 
we can jump right in here with the Seahawks. So yeah, this uh, you go first. Okay, you go yeah. first. Um, so the Seahawks, um, it revolves around just bringing some of these key defenders back, um, as well as um, getting them on cheap enough deals to have about 10 to 15 million left over to maybe fill a couple holes in free agency leading into the draft to where you don't have to spread thin um, in the draft and on all these team needs. So you have a little bit more flexibility to just draft the best player available, which I think would really help this team if they could fill some of their needs in free agency. So they don't have to have all this pressure heading into the draft to fill all of these key roles with rookies. Um, so some of their impending free agents, um, their nose tackle Al Woods, solid interior defensive lineman, um, DJ Reed, a guy who um, emerged in that defense last year as a, a key um, corner, um, Quandre Diggs, Sidney Jones, um, all three of those guys, or all four of those guys are starters in on this defense. Um, and then on offense, you have guys like Gerald Everett and Will Disley, um, both tight ends that could they could possibly bring back for cheap, but aren't irreplaceable by any means. Um, Dwayne Brown, uh, aging left tackle, who I think um, is going to be wanting quite a bit of money um, from what I'm hearing, but um, if he's wanting a lot of money, I would maybe let him test the market. And um, maybe once he figures out, oh, maybe I'm not going to get as much money as I thought, he'll he'll maybe come back um, and bring his money down just a little bit. Um, that's the preferred scenario. But if you need to pay him, you might have to because there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of tackles available other than Teron Armstead. And there's probably 20 teams lining up for Teron Armstead. Um, so they're in a tough spot and it seems like they're going to need to give um, Dwayne Brown some money this off season. Um, and then last thing to address is the Russ situation. I don't think they're trading Russ. Um, I think Russ just wanted to make a point of, showing them how important he is to the organization, put them in a little bit of panic, like, okay, we need to make moves right now to get this team right. Um, and I think he did that. And I think that's the end of it. I don't think the Seahawks would trade him. And I don't think it, um, I don't think at the end of the day, Russ has the amount of leverage, amount of leverage he would need to be traded um, by the Seahawks under the contract that he's on. The Seattle Seahawks are an interesting team. It's off they enter the offseason with about 35 points have space. That's the eighth most according to Spotrack, a good website for this kind of stuff. Um, they could clear up a little bit more cap space by cutting a couple cheaper contracts. Ugo Amadi in particular could save a that death piece that doesn't really get a whole lot of playing time. Uh, they could free up a little bit more, but this is ultimately what they're working with. Um, their first thing they should think about, I think, is being aggressive 
in free agency. Of course, bringing some of these guys back, but ultimately going out and trying to address some of their needs. Uh, I put edge rusher, cornerback, uh, offensive tackle, ultimately, if they cannot get back to Wayne Brown center uh, with Ethan Posich potentially being gone as well. Uh, a lot of these interior offensive line positions could be of needs for them. Being aggressive in free agency to bring some of these guys back and then go out and address these issues in free agency because we have to remember they do not have a first-round pick this year in this year's draft because they have traded that away in the for Jamal Adams. Ultimately, the only real way you get us that you can get an impact player and potentially the second round or third round uh, for some of these positions that can come in and help you right away. Uh, you are going to have to bring guys back and uh, maybe getting a bargain or two name out from the mall. Um, I ultimately think uh, bringing Quandre Diggs back should be really important to them. Uh, I think he's a fantastic player. Um, what, he, what he's able to do in theory. Um, I do think you have to bring back one of DJ Reed and or Sidney Jones and then maybe go get another cornerback out there on the market. I don't think you can bring both those guys back, but hopefully one the other. Uh, I think Rashad Penny's pretty expendable. That's uh, what Al Collins was to give. I think he's a little more dependable. Uh, and then, of course, they have uh, they'll have um, Chris Carson. I imagine will be back next year, healthy. Uh, so I think Rashad Penny is probably expendable. Postage, I don't really know a lot about him. Uh, I guess they could bring him back if they wanted to, but if he's cheap, I guess uh, he started last year, and I think he was fine. Looks like you went frozen on me. Um, I'm going to pause the recording here, guys, because it looks like Michael went frozen. Um, we'll be right back. And of course, the rust situation. Of course, the rust situation. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. And as you mentioned, I don't think they're going to trade him. It's not going to happen. He wanted to send his message, and I think he did that. And so I think the primary focus from here should be making sure that he's happy and you bring back the pieces that he wants on this team. Because ultimately, when you think about the Seahawks, and I know they're in a tough division, Russ missed what, three or four games, five games? I don't know how many games he missed, and they still won seven games. If he doesn't miss that stretch of games, they can maybe be a nine, ten-win team with this roster and with this cap flexibility and the ability to bring some of these guys back and then maybe address a couple needs in, in addition uh, in free agency, uh, you could be looking at a Seattle team that could be in the playoff hunt next season if you do things right. So, so keeping Russ happy, bringing some of these guys back on draft picks, and then, as you said, addressing one or two of these needs in the exterior free agent market right um and Rashad Penner is is an interesting conversation to have for sure um I think 
if you could bring him back on a Leonard Fournette type of deal, maybe like a one year, $4 million deal. Um, he provides a little bit of insurance. Um, if a Chris Carson goes down um, and I think you could maybe um, have him as a, as a uh, duo with him and Chris Carson back there. And I do think he's a very good fit in this outside zone system. So um, I think Rashad Penny, if you can bring him back for cheap, would be a good fit since he did have a bit of a breakout towards the end of the year last year. So if he can, um, if you can look to in continue that in this uh, Shane Walgren outside zone run game, um, I think that would be worth considering for sure. Let's move um, to the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Okay. Um, so um, you go first. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals are in a tough spot. Um, most of their defensive guys are set in stone, um, but they don't have much cap space. Um, on offense, they have a lot of guys that they need to bring back. And of course you have the, uh, you have the situation with Chandler Jones, who's going to be asking for a lot of money. So um, the rundown is uh, Chase Edmonds, James Conner, Zach Ertz, Marcus Garcia, AJ Green are all their offensive free agents. So out of those guys, I think Max Garcia, a guy at right guard who played very well um, this season would be a, a guy who they could bring back um, hopefully for a uh, cheap deal. Um, I think you can let go of AJ Green at this point. Um, and one of the two of those running backs, I think you keep one of them and then maybe let go of the other and maybe look for a late round running back to maybe uh, fill the role of one of the other. Um, it just depends on how much you would value um, a James Conner type of guy or a Chase Edmonds type of guy um, in terms of um, what is more important to your offense, a third down back or a first and second down back. That's just something that they're going to have to decide. Um, and then, of course, you have Zach Ertz, who was pretty solid for them um, after the trade. But if he does ask for a long-term deal, I don't know if, if you'd really want to commit to 2024 version of Zach Ertz. I think in the immediate, um, it would be a good fit. But if he does start to regress in the first few years, in the uh, next few years of this uh, possible contract, I think um, it's worth considering because I don't know if you'd really want to overpay a guy um, heading into the years on the wrong side of 30s, on, on the wrong side of 30. So, um, same situation with Chandler Jones as well. Um, he's going to be asking for a lot of money. He's made that clear. Um, and he's a really good player, but I don't know if you're in a, in a spot where you can really pay this guy a lot of money right now. You don't have a lot of cap space and in a few years, um, you're going to have to pay Kyler. So, they have to think about the philosophy of this team. I think they got to get younger um, on defense, especially. You can't really move on with um, Kyler and a bunch of old guys on defense. You got to build through the draft a little bit more if you're the Cardinals. Um, so I'd consider maybe letting go of Chandler Jones, um, letting go of Christian Kirk, maybe, um, and bringing one of these running backs back 
and of course Max Garcia as well. Other than that, though, none of those guys are irreplaceable, and I think you could look to replace some of their production in the draft. Absolutely. The Cardinals, as you mentioned, are in a really tough situation, cap space-wise, less than $3 million currently. Uh, 23rd most cap space, of course, slow track. Uh, there are some potential cuts that they could make to re-up they wanted to, but ultimately in doing this, they might create leads, right? Uh, if they cut, if they were to cut offensive DJ Humphreys, save about $15 million, uh, that might be something they look into. Our Justin Pugh, who's getting up there in age, could save about $10 million. Uh, Jordan Hicks, a linebacker for them, they cut him, they could save around $7 million. So there are, I'm not saying do any of this. But there are avenues that they could explore to potentially create more cat space and put them in a little bit more of a flexible, more flexible position going into free agency. Um, and it's interesting because free agency starts like I think it's into next week sometime. So it, it'll be interesting to see how the maneuver the cat. There are ways they could do that to put them in a little bit better position. Uh, however, in terms of their free agents. Um, I think in terms of wide receiver, they're going to need to add more um, depth at the wide receiver position. I do not think they're going to bring H.A. Green back. I agree with you there. I wouldn't. Um, and I think Christian Kirk is just going to end up being too expensive. Right. Uh, I think he's going to get solid money out on the open market. Um, so they need to add some wide receiver depth uh, behind uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I would bring one of the Two tight ends back, I would try, along with the running backs, Zach Ertz or Max Williams. They're both free agents. Um, I agree with what you said. If Zach Ertz is willing to come back on a one-year sort of cheaper deal, uh, I think he would be great in the short term. However, if he asks for a multi-year contract and demands more money than you have uh, in that app space, maybe consider another option. Uh, the running backs, like you said, it's your choice. James Conner, Chase Edmonds, choose. Uh, James Conner is coming off a really productive season, so maybe that factors into this. But he could also maybe demand a little more than say Edmonds. But we'll, we'll see. I think you got to bring one of those guys back and then maybe look for some depth in the draft. Uh, but the big question here is what do they do with Chandler Jones? Um, you mentioned it. He's going to be demanding one of the best edge rushers uh, to hit the market this year, potentially. Um, he's a good player. He's on the wrong side of 30, I believe. Um, 10-plus sacks in five of the last six seasons. So he's still producing 10-and-a-half sacks last year, second-leading sacker on the entire team. Uh, if you do let him go, it is sort of a good amount of production to replace, but it's not impossible. So I think, like you said, you could find a cheaper option on the free agent market after you free up some that space, or you could go into the draft and try to find – a young guy, because as you said, they need to get young. 
at Younger on this defense. I agree with you. I'd lean towards probably letting him go. I don't think he's irreplaceable at this point. Do I think they need to get a solidified like number one type guy at the cornerback position? I don't think they have that right now with Robert Alford, and then I forget the other guy's name. You know, Malcolm Butler is now retired once again. Um, so I do think there are some good options that they could explore on the free agent market that may fit this defense. I do think they need to solidify that cornerback position. Right. Um, so spot, the most interesting decision will be the Chandler Jones decision. I do not think they're getting Christian Kirk back. He's going to be too expensive. They got to get one of the two tight ends back. And I think one of the two running backs. Uh, but other than that, Chandler Jones is the main story to watch here. Right, exactly. And um, I actually wrote down two names that they could look to acquire in the draft. Um, a Zion Johnson out of Boston College um, had a really good senior bowl. Um, he's a 6'3 guard who would fit pretty well in front of Kyler Murray since he is a little bit uh, uh, shorter in, in height. Um, so that could be a good fit. Um, another guy is Josh Job out of Alabama, a corner that um, is projected to go into the, into the second round. So those are two guys that I think would be pretty good fits. Okay, let's move on to San Francisco Cardinals before ultimately address the Rams, the Super Bowl champions. Right. So I'll set this up and then I want to get your thoughts and then I'll give you my thoughts. So the San Francisco 49ers sitting with about three ish million dollars in cap space uh, coming in. Uh, they're just right above the Cardinals in terms of amount of cap space ranking in the NFL. Um, they have a couple potential cuts they can make to free up some that space, um, but I'm not going to go too far into that because I'm not too familiar with players themselves. But in terms of free agents of their own, offensive guard Lakin Tomlinson. Um, uh, let's see, who else? Uh, running back Raheem Moser. And then on the defensive side, you have E.J. Jones, cornerback Williams, Jason Verrett, uh, Edge, Arden Key, and safety. This is a bigger one, Whiskey Tart. Um, so what do you think the 49ers do here? Um, well, I think first and foremost, I think you got to think about the Jimmy G situation. Um He's set to make over $30 million next year, I believe. Um, so you could trade him or you could bring him back. Either way, you got to um, at least consider your options um, on that front. Um, and then for me, the number one priority would probably be bringing back Lakin Tomlinson, um, their right guard, I believe, who had a pretty good year last year. I think he'll be asking for around six to $8 million per year, which is doable if they can move some salary around. Um, and um, there's also a clause in NFL salary cap um, where you can pull money from next year uh, into this year to add to the salary cap currently. So 
if they were to do that or use some type of void years on certain contracts to bring him in, um, that would be doable. And then I think you got to make sure you keep the depth on your defensive line because that was the that was the heart and soul of your defense. Um, your secondary was really solid, but I think those guys in the secondary aren't irreplaceable. I think the depth that you had on defense is what made that defense special. So um, K1 Williams, uh, DJ Jones, I think those guys are guys you really need to consider bringing back. Or if you don't, you have to have a backup plan to replace those guys in your rotation of defensive linemen. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, first, address the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I think they're probably going to end up trading him. They could probably fetch a third-round draft right now on the open market for him, somewhere in that range, I think. I think there are teams that are desperate for a quarterback, and he could be a potential stopgap uh, for them since it's not a particularly amazing quarterback draft class. And uh, he's certainly capable as long as he stays healthy. And that's obviously the big question. He's coming off a big shoulder surgery uh, to address the following out his throwing shoulder. So that's obviously a, might come into this, his health. Uh, but I do think there are teams that would obviously take him for a year or two. Uh, you could fetch some draft compensation. So address the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. I do think since you – drafted Trey Lance super high and you even traded up to get him, you got to just move forward with the younger, better, more athletic option at quarterback. Uh, I do agree, bring back Lincoln Tomlinson. I interior offensive line as one of their needs. Uh, so if they were just hit even more urgent, but I do think they can get him on a pretty good deal. So I'd consider bringing him back. Then keep the depth on defense. Uh, probably pretty cheap. I bring him back. K1 Williams, I don't know a lot about him. I don't, you know, not that far into this stuff, but probably bring him back on a cheaper deal. Uh, they have another guy, Maurice Hurst. I don't know too much about him. He's a free agent. Arden Key, a good depth piece on the edge. Maybe think about bringing him back on a cheap deal. Uh in terms of Jaquiski Tart, I don't know what you do with him. I don't know how much money he's going to be asking for, but if you can get him on a bargain, maybe think about that. And then Raheem Mostert, at the end of the day, Hurla, I think he's pretty expendable. Have a guy, a young guy, ready to step in and trace Sermon that played well at times. And they obviously have the six round draft pick of last year that obviously was a revelation in Elijah Mitchell. The 49ers. They're a well-run franchise. They tend to draft pretty well, so I'm not too worried about what they're able to do with limited cap cap space. They tend to draft and develop pretty well, and that's why they're in this position. Uh, just you know, focus on the quarterback situation, get that out of the way, and then the offensive line. A lot of older guys. I think they need to get a little younger in that part, and then keep the defense intact. Uh, and add some depth, if you will. So I ultimately agree with you, the 49ers. 
Yeah, it's it's ultimately pretty simple for the Niners. You you fill in um, the guys that you can in free agency, and then the gaps you don't fill, you fill through the draft, as they've done extremely well the last few years. So nothing too crazy with the Niners. Um, so with that, we can move right along to the Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams, who um, sold it all to win that ring, and they got it. So um, it'll be interesting conversation moving forward. So um, they've got negative $10 million in cap, and they have quite a bit of impending free agents. Um, Andrew Whitworth is an interesting one. He's under contract, but um, there's an impending retirement on the horizon, maybe. Um, nothing's been heard about that, but um, I would maybe expect that to come in the next few days. Um, Odo Beckham Jr., um, uh, Brian Allen, their starting center, Austin Corbett, their starting guard, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, a, a good um, run defense stopper, um, a guy that can plug up the middle. Um, Von Miller, of course, Darius Williams, their number two corner, and Aaron Donald, who um, will pretty soon be asking for another record-breaking uh, contract for a defensive tackle. So um, some interesting things to think about for the Rams. Um, not a lot of options through the draft since they don't have a first or second round pick. And I believe their third round pick is just a compensatory pick. So it's basically a fourth rounder. Um, so they've, they don't have a ton of options, but they can move some contracts around maybe, and maybe just kick the can down the road a little bit like the saints did um, the last few years before their rebuild or retool more like, uh, and um yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's an interesting offseason for the Rams. Obviously, after you win a Super Bowl, you know, you want to ultimately find ways to keep all the contributing players. Uh, but it's ultimately hard to do that. And that's basically a lot of turnover after teams win to get big money, uh, typically after that, after those type of seasons. Um, yeah, in terms of the Rams, interior off, I think offensive line in general needs to be um, at the top of their priorities list heading into this offseason. Obviously, you mentioned Brian Allen and Austin Corbett, both free agents, uh, and then the impending retirement of Andrew Whitworth. I think if you could bring back uh, uh, a uh, guy in Joseph Noteboom, a guy who played in limited capacity last year when they had injuries, but when I saw him play, played pretty well in filling in. Uh, I would try to bring him back just for some depth and then maybe go explore another cheaper option on the free agent market. That would it be, but uh, offensive line has to be an priority for the Rams uh, going into this offseason. They do need to get younger and more youthful on the offensive line, and I think that would help them. I don't know what they plan to do with a guy like Brian Allen or Austin Corbett. Uh, maybe bring both of them back. I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know too much about them, so I'm not going to go too far down that road. I would try to bring back Sebastian Joseph Day. Uh, 
cheap contract, some depth on that defensive line, played well last year in stretches. Um, Sony Michelle is also a free agent, but with Daryl Henderson healthy, probably going into next season with uh, obviously Cam Akers and others. They could probably do without him, but who knows? He might be a valuable piece. Uh, depth at that position never hurts. But I think the three big names, Vaughn Miller, guy who came in, Odo Beckham Jr., came in, made an immediate impact, and Darius Williams, a guy I think is going to be highly touted on the free agent market. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get him back without some, you know, highly creative cat maneuvering that maybe they can do, but I think they're probably going to end up losing one of these three players, if not two. Um, I would try to bring, I would certainly try to bring back Von Miller and Odell Ben Jr. Um, I do think they can find probably a cheaper option as that number two cornerback on the free agent market. I do know my Steelers are interested in a guy like Darius Williams and have the, have the cap space to give a guy like that what he wants. Uh, there are teams that are desperate for secondary help. So I do not think the there would try to get back Odell Beckham Jr. He's another ACL injury. You might be able to get him back on like a one-year deal, another one-year deal, um, cheap, cheapish for a guy like that. And then Vaughn Miller, is so important in today's NFL, what he can give you, the veteran presence, all that, the leadership, the production. Uh, he'll certainly demand uh, a good amount, but I don't think it's impossible with all the stuff that you can do to maneuver the cap uh, in today's NFL. So, and I think they could probably add depth at linebacker, especially middle linebacker. I think that's been a problem for them your past. Maybe I don't know how you do that, but I think there are some names out there in the free agent market that maybe they could look into. Right, exactly. Um, it's it's going to be tough to bring everybody back, but um, you know I expect um, as long as they can keep some of their offensive line intact, I expect that offense to still be really really good next year and possibly even better than they were last year. Uh, more consistent. And who knows? Oh, sorry to interrupt, but who knows? They might not even need Odell Beckham because a guy like Robert Woods, solid number two guy behind Cooper Cup, thinks that he can win this offense. He's going to be returning healthy this year. But you know the Rams. They can never have enough of anything, right? So, And I think what Odell Beckham gave them in that playoff run, now with his injury, to back on a bargain deal uh, could be something that we'll look into. Um, but I don't know. Say what you were gonna say. Um, dang, I forgot what I was gonna say. Actually, wait. Um, I was gonna say like I think as long as they can keep their offensive line somewhat intact, that yeah. offense should be possibly even better than they were last year, more consistent. Um, in year two of Matthew Stafford in Sean McVay's system, they should have a little bit more chemistry, a little bit more polish um, from game to game. So. Um, as long as the offense um, somewhat stays intact, I think this team will still be really good. Um, they'll still have a lot of star power. So they'll be a threat no matter what. 
Absolutely. Um, so we're going to take a break. Um, and then we'll come back and we'll address the AFC West and then we'll sign out. All right. So we'll be back in a minute. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. Um, so now we will get into the AFC West part of our show. Um, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers, the other team in LA, um, who is in a completely mirrored situation from what the Rams have right now. Um, a lot of cap space, a lot of flexibility, a young quarterback, um, and a lot of holes to fill um, as well. So let's get right into it. I think this is probably one of the most exciting um, blueprints we'll have in this segment, uh, in this series. So, um, so for me, the number one target the Chargers will have um, is Teron Armstead, um, who I mentioned earlier in our Prospect of the Week segment. Um, he would be a perfect fit. Um, you could throw him in at right tackle day one. Boom, you have your two tackle, uh, your two tackles set up for the future in Rashawn Slater and Teron Armstead. That would be absolutely perfect. Um, and they have the the draw in terms of the city and um, they can sell him by uh, the possibly a chance to win um, and they can throw money at him. So I think that would be a really good fit. Um, other than that, they have, um, they have some decisions to make in terms of uh, at tight end. Um, Jared Cook is leaving free agency uh, possibly. Um, they could bring him back. Also, Donald Parham is a restricted free agent coming off an injury. I think you should bring back Donald Parham, maybe on a cheap deal since he is a restricted free agent, um, and go younger at that tight end spot. Um, and then maybe bring in a guy like Dalton Schultz, maybe. Um, and then other than that, I think adding speed on offense and defense is another um, key for me. So maybe a playmaker at safety, a guy like Marcus May from the Jets uh, could be a possibility. Jesse Bates is also a free agent. I, I don't expect him to leave Cincinnati, but you never know. Um, and on offense at wide receiver, you could add a guy like Michael Gallup. You could add a guy like Christian Kirk, um, who could be a speed threat for you. Um, and if you miss on all of those guys, there's always um, the speed guys you could get um like a uh what's his name he played for the Niners last year um anyway I, I can't think of his name right now but there's a lot of speed guys out there you could pick up uh Sammy Watkins a Deshaun Jackson wherever the case may be and there's also a lot of speed guys in the draft this year um as you know if you saw the combine um so um a pretty interesting situation for the Chargers. I think you try to bring um, you try to bring back Mike Williams. You try to bring back Donald Parham and a few of your other guys. But other than that, um, it's everybody else's replaceable in terms of bringing guys in to surround Justin Herbert and build up this defense. Right. This is like the prime position that 
team you want to be in in today's NFL. You have a roster that's ready to win with a young star quarterback that you're not paying anything right now, basically, to. Um, with an opportunity with $57 million in cat space to address some of your holes. Like, this is the young head coach, on the rise head coach. You got a talented roster. You just got to fill in some of the gaps. While you can, right, before you have to pay Justin Herbert. This is your window right now. Um, and obviously, you're in a really tough division, but you're in a really good situation with the second most catch base in the NFL. And you have an opportunity to clear up even more, right? One thing I think they should do, and I agree with you going after Teron Armstead to fill that right tackle position, should be a priority. I absolutely agree with you 100%. Uh, but Brian Bulaga, veteran offensive tackle came over from the Green Bay Packers, uh, is being paid about $10.8 million or is due to be paid $10.8 million next year. You could save about $11 million if you end up cutting him. He's only played 11 games in the past two seasons. He's been hurt. He can move on from him. Free up even more cat space, and then go after a guy like Teron Armstead, who's a play star right tackle. Um, build up that offensive line that's already very much improved uh, in front of Justin Herbert. And then look to re-sign Mike Williams. I think they need to do that. Um, I think they have the money to. I would do it. Um, he's a solid guy. can stretch the field. Big catch. Uh, contested balls. I like the way he contrasts to a guy like Keenan Allen. And then maybe go out in the draft and find an, a, a third option, more of a speedster type, like you said, or a cheap option on the free agent market. You have the money and the flexibility to do these things. Um, I would ultimately let Jared Cook walk at the tight end position. I think they need to go younger. I would tender Donald Parham on a, a, a restricted free agent tender and then look maybe to the free agent market for a younger depth option. And then on the defensive side, I think the interior defensive line should be a priority um, because as we've seen in years past, this team has really struggled, especially on the interior defensive line, to stop stop the run. Um, they've been not a very good run defense. So I think whether that's through the draft or through free agency, bringing back a guy like Lynn Joseph, I don't know what he'll ultimately ask for, uh, but I think that would be a solid plan bringing back one of these free agent guys and then going out and getting another depth piece early on in the draft. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're able to bring back a lot of these offensive pieces, address the tackle spot in a free agency, you ultimately that don't have that many holes to fill defensively. Um, and you can do that through the draft or through cheaper options in free agency. Uh, I think a guy like Uchinu Uwosu, Inwosu, who came on at the end of last year and played really well, uh, is going to be an interesting piece for them. He's a solid guy, could be their edge rusher opposite a guy like Joey Busa. He's going to demand probably a good amount of money, but they do have, as I said, potentially over $60 million. And they could probably maneuver some other contracts to maybe fit him in. And he's a younger guy. So, give you 
all production. If not, if at the very least he could be like an edge rusher, solid depth at that position. Um, so I think they're in a really good spot. Um, so mainly I think you can do away with Brian Bulaga, um, go after Toronto instead, address that right tackle position, bring back a guy like Mike Williams, add a third third receiver speedster either cheap in free agency or through the draft you know it's always a deep wide receiver class uh go cheap at tight end with donald um and then in terms of the defensive side of the football really try to address this defensive interior defensive line issue beef up on that interior so you can be better at stopping the run and then i would say stock up on depth at the edge rushing position because we know guys like Joey Bosa do have a little bit of a history of getting banged up at times or being hurt at times, but it's always good to have depth at that position. And then one more thing I wanted to say is Chris Harris Jr. Their slot corner, one of their cornerbacks um, is slated to hit free agency. I think he's past his prime. He was a really good player, but I think he's it's on the wrong side of 30 and he's past his prime. I think you go, and look to get a cheaper option at that spot corner position uh, if you can. Uh, so those, that would be my blueprint for the Los Angeles Chargers. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they have a lot of options in the draft as well. Um, so uh, definitely interior defensive line and that right tackle spot. Um and then, of course, cornerback. Those three things, if they can fill those holes in their defense and maybe add some star power as well with all that money and free agency, um, that would really help um, this team. So uh, moving right along uh, to the Denver Broncos, another very interesting team, but just in a very different way. Uh, we've talked about the Broncos a lot these last few years about how this roster is very, very good and how they're presumably ready to win if they can just figure out the quarterback spot, but they haven't been able to do that. Um, and, you know, they've put all their chips on the table to try and get the Aaron Rodgers of the world this offseason, uh, possibly a Deshaun Watson. And a lot of the arrows are pointing in the direction of Aaron Rodgers returning to the Green Bay Packers from what I'm seeing. Uh, it's not set in stone yet. They could still get Aaron Rodgers, but um, from what I can see, um, I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers will go back to Green Bay. Um, so if that is the case, you're kind of in a bit of a pinch now. Um, you have Deshaun Watson, who we still don't know what, all the legal stuff is about and also just do you really want um do you really want Deshaun Watson like right now like right this second um I don't know if he'll even be able to play I don't know um if uh all this will be behind him so it's a really tricky situation with that um another option is of course uh Carson Wentz possibly um I mean, would you give up a fourth-round pick for Carson Wentz? I mean, I think you you would consider it. Um, I mean, that's not the greatest option in the world, but I think it is an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. Um, 
And, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was a guy who was an extremely inconsistent guy who gave you pretty much seven or eight games of good football and seven or eight games of um, not-so-good football. So um, you get kind of the same thing with Carson Wentz, um, except he'll give you about 12 or 13 games of solid, okay-ish football, uh, but he'll have those sprinkled-in interceptions and fumbles just, just you know, to keep you honest. Um <laughs> <laughs> and uh, keep you on your toes, keep you entertained. Um, so if you're willing to deal with that, um, Carson Wentz could be an option. Um, and then, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo as well. Um, if you want to give up a third-round pick or so to the Niners, I mean, that could be an option. Uh, but that's also just a a duct tape quarterback. That's not a long-term option. Um, and then – Guys in the draft, um, I mean, do you really want to go from two-glove Teddy to two-glove Kenny? Kenny Pickett, whose hand size is uh, historically low. I mean, it's not – I mean, I don't want to play into the narrative of hand size being this all-encompassing factor, but uh, playing in Denver in the cold, I think it would probably be more of a factor than in most other places. Um, And then guys like Desmond Ritter and – Malik Willis, it's it's not a lot of good options in the draft. I mean, there there are chances of them being pretty good, but I just don't think they're year one starter material. So um, it's tough, um, but quarterback is the number one priority. And when you think about bringing these other guys back, it's really just um, you consider – Kareem Jackson, maybe, but he had a pretty disappointing year last year. Um, I think it's worth considering releasing Graham Glasgow, a guy you gave big money to on the open market uh, a few years ago and hasn't been that good for you. And you already have a replacement for as well. So if you can trade him and get maybe a third round pick, that would be a pretty good option as well. Um, Of course, uh, Alexander Johnson, and Josie Jewell, who is their um, basically their linebacker dual duo in the center of their defense. Um, obviously, it's going to be different now. The linebacker position won't be as important now that they're out of the Vic Fangio system, but it will be still a priority to keep those two guys who um, really feed off each other well. Um, um, so, pretty interesting off season for the Broncos. I think you just have to bring some of your guys back, fill some gaps here and there in the draft, and then quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Figure it out. You're probably noticing a trend by now. I mean, we're on our sixteen, and we're like, okay, bring some of your guys back, address some needs for the draft, and then if you need a quarterback or one of these big positions of teams and go try to do that. Um, but yeah, Broncos is another interesting team coming in with about 40 million in cat space. Um, quarterback is obviously the main priority. I think at this point with the Broncos, unless we get news that Aaron Rodgers wants to be probably be the leading candidate for that. 
if you can do that, then that's probably the direction they're going to go. Obviously, with the new hire of uh, Nathaniel Hackett as head coach, uh, which is something I think we should discuss. Um, but yeah, quarterbacks got to be the main the issue. Um, I think right now you probably want to just look at maybe a, a duct tape quarterback. Does. I don't think Carson Wentz will ultimately be that bad of an option. Uh, if you're desperate and he's on the open market, or maybe you have to give up a third or fourth round pick, I mean, he's the guy who gave you, I know he has his moments where you just left scratching your head, but he does have. He was still a guy that was a 27 touchdown, seven pick, like four to one touch reception ratio guy last year. So it would be some solid physical. Look into that if that's available to you. Beyond a contract, but certainly a one or two year deal, I think could be good for them. And he can give you enough to at least get you into the playoffs and give you a chance when you get there with this roster. Um, if not, maybe look to the cheaper side. Um, I know James Saints uh, want to do with him. I don't know what his situation uh, He could be a younger option that you can maybe look to. I know he's coming off an ACL injury, but I don't worry too much about that with quarterbacks especially quarterbacks that don't have to run all that much. Denver fans don't want to probably hear this, but Mitchell Trubisky is a guy that's been getting a lot of uh, talk as of late. I don't, I, I would, I'm not saying I would do that, but if, you, if you're desperate and you need a more athletic guy uh, who has some playoff experience and has experience winning, uh, maybe – you look to that for just one year, probably not winning a Super Bowl with that, but um, he has gotten to the playoffs before um, and had some success. So it could be obviously worse with, you know, true lock. It ultimately let Teddy Bridgewater. But we won't, we won't, that's a different discussion. Together. Uh, so quarterbacks, obviously the main need. That's what you need if you want to elevate this team to the next level. Then I would say secondary. Um, Kyle Fuller's a free agent, Bryce Callahan's a free agent, and Kareem Jackson is a free agent. I'd probably try to bring back, they do have the cascades where I try to bring back one of those two corners. I don't know a whole lot about either of them, but I would try to bring back one of them. I don't think you want to lose all those guys. Uh, I think it's interesting what you brought up about Kareem Jackson. You could probably end up replacing him. Um, but, yeah, I think secondary, there are some other cornerback options that they could go explore on the uh, free agent market or through the draft. And then keeping that linebacking core intact, maybe you try to make an upgrade, maneuver some cap, but maybe keeping Alexander Johnson and the other guy you mentioned on a cheaper deal. I don't know what they're obviously going to demand, but keeping trying to keep those guys. And then lastly, I forgot to mention him, Melvin Gordon. He's also a free agent. Uh, I would try to bring him back. I know his voice has interest in wanting to remain in Denver. I think he's found sort of a home there and gave you solid production last year. I would, I would try to keep him on a team-friendly contract. 
so that's kind of my idea for the Denver Broncos. Yeah, exactly. Um, and one thing that I didn't mention is there is some options for them at pass rusher um, to pair possibly Bradley Chubb with a guy. Um, there is the possibility of bringing back Von Miller, which would be obviously every Broncos fan's dream. Um, and uh, maybe even a Sidarius Smith, who would be a pretty good scheme fit as well. Um, so um, in terms of three, four edge rushers, there is a few guys and also including Chandler Jones as well. I'm not sure if you'd want to uh, be the team that would want to give him the big bucks, but that is option. Um, so there is quite a few options out there in terms of edge rushers. Um, and I think that could also be a possible need as well, since Bradley Chubb hasn't really shown to be um, the alpha rusher that you had thought he would be. And you do have right now the ninth pick in this year's draft. So if you wanted to maybe go young and try and draft another quarterback, you could probably do that. Get one of the top guys, uh, Kenny Picker or Malik Willis, uh, if you wanted to. But I ultimately see them probably being more aggressive and in going into the free agent trade market. Try and get either a stopgap option like Jimmy Rocklow or a potential franchise guy like that could win you a Super Bowl in this window with this roster like Aaron Rodgers. Um, so with that, we won't spend too much time. We'll move on. Let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. I know you have a lot to say about the Raiders, so I'll let you start at this. As always. I, I actually think the Raiders are in a pretty good spot, actually. You know, um, now that they're in Vegas, they're a pretty good free agent destination. They have about $16 million in cap, um, give or take, if they obviously – um, use the clauses of taking cap space from the future, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so you could kind of plus or minus 10 or so million on any of these teams in terms of cap space. Um, so um, they have some impending free agents, but I think um, um, other than some of these interior defensive line guys like uh, uh, Quinton Jefferson or um, I can't remember some of the other dudes' names, but um, some of these interior defensive line guys you could bring back on the cheap. I think those are guys that really performed well for you last year and were part of the reason why you surprised some people and made the playoffs. Um, and obviously Casey Hayward, who was a really good fit in that defense last year, but with the uh, hire of Patrick Graham, I think he is expendable. Um I think you could look to maybe get a third safety as well. Uh, maybe bring in a Jabril Peppers and maybe repair um, Jabril Peppers with his defensive coordinator with the Giants uh, in uh, – what's his name? Uh, what was the uh, – Patrick Graham. I literally just said it two seconds ago. I don't know why I forgot it. Um, I think that could be an option as well, bringing in Jabril Peppers. Um, I think – also, Calais Campbell could be an option for them if they uh, wanted to bring in a Leonard Williams type, a five-technique guy who can plug up some of the uh, some of the interior runs. 
Um, I think he could really fill that role well. And it's, and it's especially important in Patrick Graham's system. He likes to um, switch up his fronts. He likes to be very multiple with his schemes. So uh, a guy like Calais Campbell could really be beneficial. Um, and then at corner, a guy like Carlton Davis, uh, maybe a Levi Wallace, um, or even a Darius Williams. Um, I think any of those three guys could be pretty solid. Um, and then, like I said earlier, they could add a third safety. Patrick Graham likes to use three safeties in his defense. Um, and I'm not, I'm not too keen on using Jonathan Abram in that role. I think he's more of a, a hybrid linebacker type. Um, at this point in his career, I'm not sure. Um, I'm not too high on him in terms of his coverage ability. Um, so uh, maybe a guy like Desmond King, uh, Kareem Jackson, who we just mentioned with the Broncos, uh, if he has anything left in the tank, DeMonte KZ with my Cowboys. Um, and then um, maybe a few other guys who could um, – be on the open market as well for a little bit more money. A guy like Marcus May from the Jets, who um, I think is a under, very underrated player in the NFL, and I think could be a guy who's going to be wanting out of the Jets and looking for somewhere he can win. Yeah, I'll try to keep this to a minimum because we want to wrap this up here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Raiders. I do think you're in a pretty good position. I know we can talk about head coaches another time, but uh, they hired Josh McDaniels. Uh, we have some thoughts on that that you'll hear sooner rather than later. Uh, coming in with like 15, 20-ish million, give or take, in cap space, kind of middle of the pack in terms of where they rank in the NFL. Um, ultimately, you got to keep Derek Carr happy. I think they will. I think in terms of offensively, they're fine. Uh, I would add some depth that wide receiver behind Hunter Renfro. Uh, Zay Jones is a free agent. I don't know what they want to do with him. He had flashes last year, but I ultimately you could probably explore the open market for a speedster type. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson is also a free agent for more of a speedster type. And then another guy. I'd add two-ish receivers. Uh, I do think they need some depth in that position in terms of offensively. Give Derek Carr some more weapons to work with. Um, Casey Hayward's an interesting one. He fit really well, but as you mentioned, he could be expendable. I don't know what his asking price will be. Um, I do think prioritizing that defensive line is important. That was really – Pass rush in particular, the edge rushing, Max Crosby and others, but also that interior defensive line with uh, the guys you mentioned uh, should be prioritized on cheaper deals. And then I don't really have too much else to say. Just try to add some depth to that wide receiver. Um, they're not – they haven't really been particularly great at drafting, which I do worry about, but maybe with the change at general manager, change at head coach, they'll have a different vision for what they ultimately want to do with Derek Carr. Uh, so I think 
adding depth at wide receiver, maybe trying to bring Casey Hayward back if you can. Uh, but if not, you could certainly there are certainly other good options on the free agent market that are affordable. Darius Williams is a guy that I really like for them. Uh, and then that defensive line, uh, add depth on the defensive side. That's ultimately something I, they've been lacking at points in times the last couple of years in depth, especially at that edge rusher and secondary positions is very important. Um, so that's what I would say for the Raiders. Right, exactly. Um, and as always, when you have a guy like Derek Carr, who is um, a veteran at this point, you always look for offensive line depth. Um, that can always be an option. No matter how good your offensive line is, you got to always look for depth. Um, and I think with Alex Leatherwood struggling a guard a little bit, I think maybe you can look for a veteran option to maybe back him up if he does struggle. Um, so you have a little bit of insurance there. Um, so, uh, yeah, that could be an option as well. Um, and as you said, we'll move right along um, to our last team, um, the Kansas City Chiefs, who um, I guess I'll go ahead and get started. I think they're good. They have some big decisions coming up this off season. Um, they have some pretty important guys coming up on the books. They have about 11 million cap space, give or take uh, about 10 million. Um, Orlando Brown, the guy who they just traded for um, last year from the uh, Baltimore Ravens, he's going to be asking for big money. I honestly don't think he played like insanely great for them last year, but nonetheless, he will be asking for top dollar. Um, and he has leverage since you gave up a lot for him. Um, and then, of course, Tyron Matthew, he's going to be looking for that big contract um, for uh, the later years of his, of his career. And he's giving you uh, really good secondary flexibility these last few years. So I think if you're the chiefs, I think you've got to choose one or the other. Um, you have some other guys that you got to bring back. Um, Andrew Wiley is a guy at right tackle who was really good for them. Um, who I actually think, um, is their second best offensive lineman right behind Creed Humphrey. Um, and uh, Melvin Ingram, a guy who they brought in from the Steelers last year, um, as soon as he came in, he made an immediate impact, and that defense flipped the switch right away. Uh, Derek Nottie, an interior defensive lineman, uh, Ben Neiman, Javarius Ward, a corner who I think is actually very underrated. Um, so – they have some decisions to make, um, but I think number one, you got to decide on Orlando Brown or Tyron Matthew uh, because you, it's going to be really hard to pay both. Um, and then Javarius Ward, you're going to want to bring him back because he's a quality corner. And, you know, this secondary has actually been really good these past few years. He's been a big part of that. So he's going to be tough to replace um, in terms of uh, quality corner play. Uh, but I'm interested to see what you think of the whole uh, Orlando Brown, Tyron Matthew dilemma. Am I making it a little bit too um, simplistic? No, I think it's, an, it's certainly an interesting conversation. Um, look, I think at the end of the day, 
whatever you think of his performance last year, Orlando Brown is still a high end. Uh, what is he? A left tackle? Left tackle, right? Left tackle in today's NFL, like he's still one of the better left tackles that you're gonna find uh, in today's NFL. And at the end of the day, I do think left tackle is a more valuable position, in my opinion, building that offensive line than say a Tyron Matthew. Even though Tyron Matthew is certainly and has proven to be an important, very important piece on that defense. It's kind of that, like we saw in that Bills game, they did not have Tyron Matthew, and we saw what the Bills offense was able to do. Uh, we've seen them struggle at times without Tyron Matthew. He's kind of the leader of that defense, the, the of the secondary in particular. It's a tough decision for me personally. I would – I would err on the side of Orlando Brown because I just value offensive line more than I value a safety. That's on the wrong side of age 30. Right. I believe. Um, but that's a big, either way, you're going to have a certain size void to fill. Uh, but I would rather try to fill out the safety position than at the left tackle position. That's just me, though. So I would definitely try to bring Orlando Brown Jr. back since you didn't give up draft capital to go out and acquire him. Uh, but he's going to be asking for top dollar, and I think he deserves top dollar, even if he didn't perform up to top-notch standards last year. So I err on the side of Orlando Brown there, bring him back. And then my focus would shift over to the defense. Uh, they do have a couple other offensive free agents. Daryl Williams is a guy probably expendable. I don't know what you think of that. Um, I, I believe Byron Pringle is a free agent as well. Right, right. Uh, they probably add another receiver or two if they wanted to, but I think that's sort of a luxury for them at this point. I know they're going to look to maybe extend uh, Tyree Kill, uh, but that's a different conversation for another day. Defense, edge rushing and defensive line. Add depth, add depth, add depth. Uh, they weren't very good in terms of um, – oh, and one thing I'll say is in terms of the cap space situation, they could cut uh, Frank Clark and save $13 million. I think that's something they might look to do to give them some more cap flexibility and then go and address that position, either cheaper options in free agency or through the draft. Uh, you can bring back a guy like Derek Naughty. I would do that on a cheap deal. Um, I would bring back Melvin Ingram. I think he wants to be in Kansas City. Just didn't fit well in Pittsburgh. Wasn't getting the playing time that he wanted, but he made an immediate impact. I tried to get him back too. And then go out in the draft and try to address uh, that edge rushing position and that interior position. Add depth there. And then – Maneuver some cap space around. I don't know how you do that. Maybe you use the Frank Clark money to go out and bring back a guy like Charvarius Ward, who I think is very important in that secondary. So it's ultimately the same thing. I just think on the big decision, I personally would pay the left tackle, let the safety walk if it was my decision. But some people would say, we need Tyron Matthew. I don't know. It's an interesting conversation to have. 
Certainly. Right. right. It's definitely tough. Um, and I think I would probably agree with you. Um, it's just that I don't, I'm not sure what I would do if I was in that position. I, I don't know. Um, for the Chiefs, I think it's important that you get that left tackle set in stone for the next few years, especially since Patrick Mahomes is only going to get older. Um, and he likes to extend plays, obviously. Um, so I, I think I would have to agree with you. Um, but with that, I think um, Kansas City, they're in a good spot overall. Um, right. If they can just figure out on that one decision and then maybe bring back Javarius Ward and, like you said, depth on the interior defensive line, they'll be just fine and they'll be back um, as contenders next year. Um, so um, to wrap this up, guys, um, I just want to shout out that franchise guy for um, giving this this idea. Um, he he's running this on his he's he had this idea on his channel a few weeks ago and we saw it and we were like, maybe we can implement something like this on our channel. Um, so I just want to shout out him for being the originator of the idea so that it's not like, I don't know, us stealing it or whatever. Uh, so shout out to him. Look up his channel for football content. It's uh, that franchise guy. Um, and you might see some similar um, opinions, maybe some differences here and there, but overall his content is really, really good. So I just wanted to shout him out before we wrap this up. Um, and with that, if there's uh, nothing else for you to say, um, I just remind you to like, subscribe. Um, and if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, any podcast app, uh, I'd, I'd hope you consider following us um, so you can be notified on all our new content. Um, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, I would just say be on the lookout for more content, especially in the upcoming couple of weeks with March Madness coming up. Uh, episode 100, that's going to be fun this weekend. And then we'll have our Players' Championship preview hopefully tomorrow. Maybe we'll be live for that. Uh, so be on the lookout for that as well. Like, subscribe, leave a five-star interview. And be on the lookout for this series to continue with our NFL offseason blueprints. I don't know what the next two divisions will be, but we're probably going to try to stick with the pattern. AFC West, NFC West, AFC North, NFC North, that type of thing. Uh, so be on the lookout for that sooner than later as well. But with that, uh, hope you guys all enjoy your week. Be on the lookout for new content. Stay healthy. And just like the double-digit era, episodes 10 through 99 of the Raw Prospect Podcast, we are going, going, gone. Peace out. Peace.